Welcome to the show, Law. Uh, we're talking about some really interesting things uh, in the pre-show, and I'd love for our audience to hear that as well. Tell us about your story, your background. I know that you've had some ups and downs, and now you're absolutely crushing it, but I'd love to know what what built you up to where you are now. Okay. You want the real stuff, or do you kind of want the stuff that I, I, I kind of leave until my clients, or do you want me to just give you the real deal? Give me the real deal. I want to know the real deal. Okay. Uh, okay. Let me give you a short version. So I am a Midwest kid here in the States. I grew up in a town called Muskogee, Oklahoma. Uh, I was raised by my mom. I never, ever knew who my father was. Uh, my mom kind of had a rough upbringing. She grew up basically with just her mom. And that's kind of how our family was set up. So my mom was raised by her mom. So we never really had a male figure in our family. Uh, so as I grew up with two other siblings, uh, I saw my mom struggle my entire life. I uh, grew up, uh, my mom was on welfare. I may get emotional. Watching her struggle, man, was one of the toughest things as a kid because you, you grow up and you watch uh, somebody that you care about. Uh, and you worry about, you know, how your day-to-day is going to be. And I carried that as a kid. And I told my mom when I got into the ninth grade, which is high school for us, that, hey, I'm going to fix everything for us. I'm going to go to college. And I'm going to be the one in our family to change things. And she said, I know you will. So fast forward, kind of the traditional story where you see a kid from humble beginnings, and I'm talking about the town that I live in, man, or where I grew up, no one makes it out, like no one. Uh, after high school, two weeks exactly, I ended up going to university or college, and uh, it was it was kind of the, the best thing for me because I realized that I needed to be out of the environment that I grew up in in order to be successful or to have a chance. So I moved two states away and went to college, me and one of my best friends at the time. I ended up basically graduating uh, with two bachelor's degrees in business and uh, a master's degree. First person in my family. But through that, man, it was really it was a struggle because college, I had no idea what college was going to be about uh, or how to kind of navigate that mainly the financial piece of it where you know as a as a struggling college student and you you know how this is you, i imagine you went to university mm-hmm. yeah um i didn't even i mean man i didn't even know how i was going to be able to you know survive when i got to college because i couldn't ask my mom for money because she didn't have any money so i already had that kind of mindset when i came here the first day i needed to get a job um, so I ended up, my first job, I, I believe, was uh, being a uh, server at a restaurant called Applebee's. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that. Nah, it's I heard of, of it, a, but no, we don't have it in New Zealand. Yeah, it's kind of a local small chain, kind of like an IHOP, if you will. I think they actually got bought out by IHOP. Uh, but I did that along with the other some other jobs like personal training. Um, and as I got through college... I was really thinking that once I got my degrees, uh, that somebody was going to tap me on the shoulder and say, hey, here's this job, you know, here's this job. But it 
it didn't work out that way. I ended up staying in the health field that I was in, which was just helping people get in really, really good shape. The turning point for me after uh, I graduated college, because uh, I was already making, I, I think, around between 250 to 300 k as a regional manager where I was managing multiple gyms in multiple states at a uh, local personal training uh, company. It was really, really stressful job, really corporate type of job, but that's all I knew was to be an employee and, you know, work for other people. So I really liked that job or I felt really confident because I had this title and I was at the very, very top. So in my mind, I was really, really successful. Uh, but what ended up happening to me, and this is kind of one of the biggest turning points in my life was um, I was kind of at the end of my contract and I wanted to have a meeting with all the, the big wigs in the company. And I had outperformed my contract with sales and all of my gyms overperforming. And I just asked for a raise, expecting you know, them to say yes, of course, because of, you know, how well we were performing under my management or a rebuttal or we can counter and kind of negotiate. Uh, and I had just asked my wife to marry me at this time. And um, when it ended up happening, they said, absolutely not. And it kind of put me in a position where, you know, if they would have countered with something, I may still be stuck in that job mm. because, you know, it was really awkward because I look at that situation like I got fired because I felt like that. They said no. And I ended up grabbing a box and just packing all of my stuff. Mm. And it was really embarrassing because all my trainers and my staff, they were all like watching because we had like a meeting, I think, uh, about an hour before the meeting. So everybody's asking me as I'm walking out with this box, hey, uh, what time is the meeting? And I'm you know, trying not to cry as I'm like walking out with this box. And I'm like, uh, I, I think I just got fired. So I'm walking out. And the, the thing that's going off in my mind as this is happening is, oh, shit, what do I tell my fiance? You know, because I, I had this really successful job, you know, uh, salary coming in every two weeks. And, you know, I'm I'm crazy scared to tell her, hey, I don't have this job. And at the time we were getting ready for the world championships because me and my wife, we were world champions in drug-free bodybuilding back in the day. So there's a lot of pressure and a lot of tension and a lot of things that kind of led to me turning into like this, this, this business owner that people see today. I don't know, man. It was, it was like the most embarrassing thing ever, but it really turned me into like this. I wanted to prove people wrong type of mindset mm. that, hey, this isn't the, the end. It may look like I'm down, but I want to, you know, obviously, you know, work my way back up to, you know, feeling like I'm, I'm confident and I have the success that I once had. So I, long story short, I ended up, ended up quitting this $250,000, $300,000 job. And, and now I make, uh, I'm afraid to say on the podcast, but we've done over uh, nine figures with all yeah. my businesses. So it wouldn't have been possible if that did not happen. Cause I, I promise you, I would still be an employee. Yeah. I would still be an employee, you know, working my nine to five, being super stressed and you know, you know how it is, what they teach us in college, what we, what we should do. 
Yeah. So I'm so happy that that happened. So yeah, that's that's kind of my story. I'm not sure if that's kind of what well, you were well, looking well, for. What I find interesting, and, and I preach this, and and I've learned it from all my mentors, and it's definitely the thing that I have noticed by talking to people is that you've got two choices at that point: either cave, fall backwards justify, feel sorry for yourself and go and try and get another job and probably won't be as good and then be resentful and never achieve your success. Or at that point of pain, as Tony Robbins talks about with that decision is to cut off and you cut off and said, I'm going in this direction. And I created something for myself rather than justifying and feeling sorry for myself. And I think that, and I don't know this to be hundred percent true, but my feeling is that all successful people have either had that happen or have created that in their own mind to give you the drive to keep going. Because without that, that kind of stick in the carrot to, to get the donkey to move, we tend not to, our brain wants to protect us. It wants to conserve energy. If something didn't work, it doesn't want us to necessarily go back and try again, because what if we waste more energy and, and surviving and thriving are two completely different things. I spent years because I went through chiropractic college. So uh, doctor program of five years and then uh, sort of seven years of practice has been helping people to understand this concept of surviving is not thriving. And then in transition that into to the business world as, uh, as well. And I've lived by that because I had a, maybe not as an extreme example, but I definitely had that feeling and I knew that I needed to capitalize on it and I needed to feel more of it. And so I use it on a daily basis now is that feeling of I'm surviving right now. Contentment for me is the enemy. Not because I, I, I'm not happy with where I'm at. I'm amazingly grateful. Life's incredible. I've got an amazing family. I'm very successful. But settling is my worst fear. I could literally, both of us could just stop and live better and live well than the vast majority of people. But neither of us are going to or want to because we get something out of that progress. And I've talked about this with people before. It's like money matters until it doesn't. And when it doesn't, now things get exciting. I use it as a driving force. I like making money. I like growing, but I like the growth that happens in me more than anything else. And you yourself, you would have grown massively from that moment. Like how many years has it been since, since then? That was 2009. Yeah. Yeah. Huge growth. Now, did it happen yeah. for you linearly or has it been what I assume is is this exponential hockey stick growth where you're, was, you're growing and then it just exploded. It exploded the moment I walked out of that office, like mm. everything drastically changed and it took this is I'm very similar to you in that mindset. Uh, and it's something that my, one of my coaches always used to preach uh, back in the day. I used to wrestle. So one of my uh, wrestling coaches used to always say, Hey, you either get better or you get worse. There's no such thing that's maintaining. So I kind of have that same mindset that you you just preached on where settling and being content, like you're right. Like you cannot ever settle, at least for me, at least for me. I like to always make sure that I'm getting 1% better each and every day because uh, I'm, I'm somebody that, that really, I like to chase things and give myself goals that will always that will keep me up at night yeah always keep me yeah. up at night and motivate me because a lot of things don't really motivate me if i tell people the goals that i have everybody would shut it down unless you know you have friends like us that have 
you know, these these crazy mindsets to to build nine figure companies online. Yeah. hundred yeah. percent. I think it was Napoleon Hill said that people uh, often don't achieve their success because they're speaking to their friends, families, uh, and neighbors. And I'm butchering the quote, but in essence, it's saying you're asking the wrong people uh, their opinions. It's like when we talk to our friend who's not doing the same thing or at that same level, their perspective's all off. So of course, they can't see the possibility of how it's going to work. If you asked your, you know, your neighbor, hey, what should I be doing to win my bodybuilding championship? Like that's, that's silly. You, you wouldn't do that. But somehow in, in business and for motivation and drive and goal setting, we, we do the exact same thing. And I always, it, as, as harsh as this sounds, I think it's, it's true. And I think that, that the sooner we accept that it's true, the better for most of us. It's like, I'm not going to ask my unhealthy friend for advice on how to be healthy. I'm not going to ask my broke friend about how to get rich. I'm not going to ask my friend who's been through four divorces uh, and is not happy and can't keep a relationship together for relationship advice. Not because they're a bad person, but because clearly the strategies they're using are not producing the outcomes <laughs> that I will right. have. So right. I'm going to find the people who have done it. I'm going to ask the dude who's happy in a passionate, loving relationship for 20, 30, 40 years and go, what are you doing? I'm going to ask the guy who's got all the properties and, and it's going well and he's getting growth and making money. What are you doing? And I think that more people need to, to think of that. Like I, I don't have conversations around success and business uh, and, or many things like that, things that I need fuel for to achieve my goals with my friends and family because unless there can be constructive energy added to that conversation, it's only ever going to pull me back. Not because they're not great people, but because I'm not looking for their opinion on it. I might share it in a one-way direction, but I'm never going to do the two-way because when I used to, it always used to pull me down because people couldn't see what I was seeing. And so it created a doubt for me, which only ever held me back. I'm instead going to find my peers who are doing those things and surround myself with them so that I can get energy for it and grow towards it. That's definitely something that, that I've found to be super helpful in success. Yeah, I agree. Where are you at right now in business? Like how many businesses are you running? What areas? What are you doing at the moment? Uh, too many. <laughs> uh, right now we have six companies, uh, all of which are mainly in the consulting space. Yeah. And then we have a uh, health and uh, supplement brand that we don't really push a whole lot, but it's exploded in terms of uh, sales revenue and sold in stores and all that kind of crazy stuff. But it all started with our fitness-based business at the beginning. Mm. And once we figured out you know, the framework, uh, the right tactics and strategies and methods that truly, truly work, it was really easy to use those same techniques to build other fitness-based businesses and uh, consulting businesses, uh, but different offers. So we, we mainly focus on helping uh, coaches, trainers, and consultants uh, build successful online businesses, kind of the uh, method where we're helping people get leads and teaching people how to uh, convert, get their message out to turn those into high-ticket sales. Yeah. So that's kind of the, the industry that we try to stick within. Uh, but we built such a big uh, fitness-based business that we turned uh, that into a supplement company. And now we have over 350,000 customers. Wow. Yeah, that's huge. And you've obviously, you take the model and you replicate the model into 
I suppose you could say subcategories of what you're currently doing. Like you're not going into completely yep. new thing. They're related because you're building. No, niche building, down. Yeah, niching down, right? And you're going, I've got exercise clients, let's say, and I'm successful with that. So I'm now going to sell them products so that I, they don't buy someone else's products, they buy my products. And then I'm successful with this and others want to do that. So I'm just going to show them what I'm doing and you just leveraged out. Is that kind of how... Yeah, yeah, kind of. So for instance, we'll, we'll create a fitness-based business that mainly works with women with a specific issue. So we'll focus on women that have thyroid issues would be one of our, our actual companies. Then we'll create a, a different business that's very similar, except we'll work with people with diabetes. Mm. And we'll niche down that niche down to where our messaging is so easy and the issues that we're addressing is just a rinse and repeat type of uh, approach. So when we are uh, educating or hiring other coaches, whether they're pitching or actually coaching the clients, it's easier for us to train people on how to do that once we've niched down and, and know exactly who our avatar is. But we'll create businesses like that within different niches, whether it's men or women, over and over and over. And we have six of those that are almost around the eight-figure price point. Mm. So six eight-figure mm. businesses. And they're all kind of niche, just like that. Did you do that first and then moved into the consulting space? Yeah. I just recently started taking on more uh, coaching clients, mainly because I felt like there's just a huge need for mm. coaches to really teach people what really works in the space. And the mission from the beginning was to help uh, as many people as possible. So we serve the same mission, which is just to change lives and help more people, uh, whether they need the tools and strategies from a trainer standpoint or a coach standpoint, whatever they're calling themselves, to where if we have more people that are educating these clients on you know, the things that they need to learn, then we're all winning. So it's a huge niche in terms of the business uh, consulting space, mm. at least in where the niche that I'm stuck in, because there's not a lot of people that are helping coaches, trainers, and consultants. We need like a million more. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. I'm really interested in how you're picking niches and then duplicating. You're obviously taking the same model, I assume, something that's proven as a framework, and then yep. you're you're painting the house a different color basically and putting in different furnishings because a different person's going to live there, but it's the same model. How do you, how do you find a good niche to be part of good niche to be part of what's, what are some, some factors that make you think, okay, this is something that we want to move into. Like I assume that you're planning into different areas, maybe at the moment as well. You'd, if you're like me, you're always looking for new opportunities. What helps you decide if it's a good opportunity to move into? And then what do you do when you first start testing into that? Let's go back. So when I first started in a space, when I first built my first seven-figure business, which was in 2009, we were real broad. I was just taking on clients, just trying to make ends meet and really just replace that income that I just lost. So I had all types of clients and clients were coming at me with all different types of issues that really took a lot of my time and energy and effort but I couldn't turn people away. I had to be like this jack of all trade. I had clients that were dealing with all these like serious health issues. And if I was going to do that at the most optimal uh, way, I needed to really 
put more energy and time and really put myself around people that could also help me with that. Mm. Uh, Cause I can only take on so many people, but once I figured out, Hey, switching to online uh, enabled me the ability to scale to where I can take on more clients. I'm always trying to take things to another level. So when I, when I saw how easy it was to make seven figures, just to kind of give you an example, my mind kind of went like, okay, I can for sure do $10 million every year in this business. Now that I know how to get leads, now that I know that I can sell online, if I can build out a team of people that can help me, then it's game over. Mm. So once I figured out how to do that, I had to learn first how to actually advertise. Uh, I was using a WordPress website back in the day and just doing applications off of like a survey tool. I think it was called Wufu. Yeah. Something like that. It was something other than uh, what we use now, which is ClickFunnels. But long story short, we, we ended up having a bunch of clients that were in different niches. So as we started you know, surveying and, and doing more research and trying to really figure out who our avatar was and then who we wanted to work with, because it put me in a position to where I could pick the people that I really wanted to work with. Because uh, a lot of people came from competitions and they wanted to get ripped and shredded. And those clients were really, really difficult to work with because they were already in good shape and they were just trying to get a little more shredded. Yeah. And to really take your body to that level, it takes so much. And it's a lot more pressure on me because, you know, these people want to fly us out to competitions and we're backstage. And it took a lot of my time. And at the end of the day, we weren't really getting filled like our cup. We wanted to help people that were really struggling is what we really figured out. So we want to dedicate our expertise and our knowledge to people that really needed help. So then we started to break down, okay, do we want to work with men that are struggling with testosterone issues? Do we want to work with women that struggle with all these various health issues? Because we had all these clients that had various issues we started to like break it down specifically and then get our get our storytelling, our ad copy and all that stuff niched down to where we created all these different companies that virtually function on their own. And it was cool because I didn't have to be the front guy. Like nobody even knows that we own these companies. Like no one knows because mm-hmm. uh, a lot of people reach out and say, hey, I've never heard of you. I haven't never seen your ads. How are you? Where'd you, where'd you come from? Let's be, mm. Well, I, I typically would just hide behind my brands because I don't need to post and show my face and you know run ads or any of that stuff. But I realized real quickly too with that, uh, James, is I wasn't really making an impact because I wanted to like show people the story so that they too would see it and say, hey, if he did this, then I know I can do it too. So one of the reasons that people see me now is because I know that I, I have more work to do. Like mm-hmm. I have to help other people believe that they can do this too, because they really can, especially if they get the right help, uh, the whether it's from me or some other expert in the niche, anything is possible. Because back in the day when I was in high school, all I had to do was see somebody that I resonated with. And that that's all I needed and I would basically obsess about it and figure out exactly what I needed to do to, to become like that person. So I know I'll make more of an impact by showing my face rather than making all this money and 
you know, nobody knows who you are. I'm at a point now where I have to give back. I have to help more mm. people. Otherwise, I mean, you can't take this shit with you, man. Yeah. Right? What are you going to do? Buy more stuff? Like, it's, yeah. Yeah. I have more money than I can ever spend, ever. Yeah. I have all yeah. the cars and all the crazy shit you can imagine. And it means nothing. It's yeah. about how many people you can help. How yeah. can you give back? How can you make an impact? How many people can you mentor? How many lives can you change? The irony with that is that things will double up because you're leading with value, because you're trying to impact. And, and that's definitely something that I've started to experience is that you hear the idea of giving and creating value and focusing on your customer and things like that. And we all do it, but I think a lot of us don't really embody what that actually means at a deep level for success. Like you can only achieve so much success, you know, air quotes for those listening, not watching, where you are just creating an opportunity to make more money. When you're creating opportunities for others and you're really em empowering and impacting them and you're leading from that with everything that you do, everything else follows. And for people who haven't had much success, they tend to chase the money. They don't chase the impact and, the, and, and making change for people. And then when you hit a certain level, it has to flip because you get to a point where you can't make more money for those of who, who are chasing it because now they're focusing on only activities that can make them money and they hit a they hit a, a ceiling. Like for example, for me, focusing on empowering my team to have more abundance by extension makes me more abundance, but is not why I'm doing it. Focusing on my clients having more abundance helps me have more abundance, but is not why I'm doing it. And so when I flipped it around and went from, I've got to make money to how do I make change? Suddenly everything became easier because my team was more empowered, they're more successful. My clients are more empowered, they're more successful. And then by extension, I become more successful. So um, 100%, as you're, as you're pivoting and doing this, that's the irony, it's gonna go up and up. And um, I think that it's, it's hard for people who aren't at a certain level to really process that. Like people always, I read it in the comments and things like that. People say things on my ads, for example, ad comments for anyone who's not running ads are, are just cancer. But somebody was, uh, you know, people are commenting saying, if you're so successful with A, why are you doing this? Why don't you just do more of that? Because you, 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 you don't yeah. get it. Like if you were doing what we're doing, you would understand why we're doing it. Right. If we're successful. You would understand why we're doing it like that. Like that's, that's the game. The game changes. You know what I mean? When you're, when you're starving to try and get money, you, you see the world through this tiny little lens. When you get on the other side of it and you realize that the money's not going to change anything, you buy some stuff and you can still be unhappy in a Lamborghini. You start to, to flip the game. And then you start to do more things. I want to do more things that help more people. And it's because, I don't know, it's bigger. It's bigger than that. We talked about that at the start, right? It's growth. It's, it's not being content. There's, there's, there's only so many companies that you could just, there's infinite conditions that you could make companies for. But at some point, you're not going to feel, and you've already started to transition, right? Like you, you can't just have a hundred companies doing the exact same thing for a bunch of different stuff. It's boring. There's no Fuck growth. that, man. Look, I hate it. I hate it. I'm so disappointed. If I could go back, I would save so much time because we did two things that I'm so proud of over the past year. And it's, it's giving mid seven figures to charity. That's one thing. Giving back to the causes that we believe in, to people that really need the resources. Two, helping other people achieve success so that they now have the resources to change the things in their family's life. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, for instance, I have I have six kids that are 23, 24 years old that will be going with me to uh, Funnel Hack and Live to get two comma club awards. Mm-hmm. That makes me feel so much better than any of the shit that I have accomplished because it's an impact that you know it's going to change their life and anybody that knows them. And that means so much, man. And it's all about giving back. Like my mindset switched. If somebody challenged me, I can't remember who it was. I think it may have been a client like saying, hey, what are you doing? Who, who are you helping? How many people did you serve? And I was sitting there because sometimes it takes somebody calling you out because sometimes you're going 100 miles per hour and you lose, you know, you got tunnel vision. You know, I'm doing this. I got to got to do eight figures in this business, eight figure in this business, nine figures in this business. And then you lose focus of what's really important. Like for me, that stuff. Yeah, it's really easy. It's really easy if you if you do the same shit. But what what does it really mean? Like, what does it really mean to me, man? I, I I have to give more than I ever receive because you cannot take this stuff with you. I need to I need to serve more people. And you're right. When you serve more people, like my business has blew up. That was never the goal to mm. get back and try to get something out of it. It just happened. Like people mm. started to to recognize that. People started to see that, hey, this guy is literally giving me all of the secrets that he did to build these massive businesses. Like when people get a chance to speak with me, they're like, I can't believe you're you're doing this for me. And I'm like, mm. why wouldn't I do this for you? Like when you invest in something for me, I want to do everything in my power to make sure you're successful. And it's like, I don't know if that's how the industry is where it's weird, man. I get the weirdest conversations from from people that that sign up for like, you know, one of my six figure courses because one of my courses starts at six figure and when people invest in it, they 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 get so much out of it. And I'm like, "Well, what did you expect?" Like, if you're spending this kind of money, the expectations is that you're going to be able to make a return on investment. And it's weird, and I I'm kind of going all over the place, but I feel like if you give more than you receive, things will naturally take care of themselves. 100%. It's abundance versus scarcity. When we're in scarcity, we want to keep things to us because we think that people are going to take. It's an interesting concept around resources. So if evolutionarily speaking, if I only have so much, so many berries and I need them to feed my family, you taking a berry means I have less and then my family gets less. And when resources are scarce, that works. If we're living on an island and there's two tribes and my focus is on protecting my tribe, then I'm going to want to take yours and keep mine because the resources are scarce. But in a situation where we're not on an island and things are abundant, for example, money, money is not something that, uh, you know, grows on trees and you, as, as I was always told, money doesn't grow on trees, James. That idea is, is a scarcity idea, this idea that you can't just go out there and get it because it's limited. Because if it was unlimited, then everyone would have it. It's like, no, it, it is. But people aren't giving enough value, creating enough value to receive it. So when people are looking at money as being a limited resource, there's scarcity. They worry about giving out their tactics, their strategies, because they think that their business will crumble because this person's business will go up. And it's like, that's not how it works. You both can be there. The actual fact of it is, is that it's not like 
you know, I'm Amazon and, and someone else is going to be my competitor and going to crush me and I'm going to disappear. We're both going to do ridiculously well. And for the vast, vast majority of people, just making a million bucks is a huge deal and is not going to empty the pool of all the fish that you can go out there and catch. Like there's not limit, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like it's, it's unlimited. And so when we are in abundance and we're giving more, we create more because people get more value. People worry about like, if I give away my secrets, my business is not going to, Gary V talked about this. He's like, I'll give you everything because 99% of you are going to do nothing. And that's the truth. You can give people the literal map. Warren Buffett can give me the exact investment strategy for the next 50 years of my life that will guarantee I become a billionaire. And the vast, vast majority of people will not do it. And they'll still question it, even though it was Warren Buffett said, here's this. They'll go, yeah, but I don't know about this. I don't know about that. Like even if it was 100% guaranteed, you can offer guarantee. This is the irony for me. You can offer somebody a guarantee and they still don't do it because it's, it's, it's not the thing. It's, it's inside them. It's the scarcity inside them that don't believe that they can achieve it. They don't believe that they're worthy of it. They don't believe that it's possible. They think that you must be a scam artist because that is easier to justify me not doing anything if I believe you're a scammer. It's weird, man. It's super weird. And especially in our, in our space with consulting and trying to help people, it's like, just actually go and do the stuff. I don't know how else to say it. Yeah, talk about that for a second. What do you, you would see that a lot. Why do you think that people don't give yeah. the amount of value they can and or why don't people receive that value? Kind of touch up on what you just said, man. I, I don't really jump on a whole lot of like calls with like potential clients, but I recently have since I jumped in like to this business coaching space a little bit more. And one, when people see me because they saw me on like an ad or they're shocked that they actually get to speak with me. So they always ask me, is it is that real? Can you can you really did you really make that much money? And I'm like, oh my goodness. And I try to stay in perspective. You know, back in 2008, 2009, before I even thought that any of this stuff was possible too, like what what would I think if I saw, you know, somebody that that put up an ad and said, "Hey, I've done over nine figures online as a coach doing online consulting." Like, what would I think? So I always try to play like, "Hey, I'm in these people's mind," but when people see like the actual proof, like when you show them a merchant account, they're like, oh my God, I'm listening now. And I think a lot of times, like if, if people catch like a webinar where they get to like actually listen to you speak, uh, where you can kind of show some things that you are human and you could share light on about, you know, your story, where you're from, talk about, you know, the roadblocks that you've had. And then obviously showing some success with some success stories and stuff like that. You get some people that take action and they'll they'll spend money, but you're right. Even the people that buy, they still don't apply the shit that you teach in your programs. It's so crazy. Like, I'll look, check this out, James. I'll have people that will spend one hundred thousand dollars, and then I'll look to see, you know, whether they jump through like a course, which is kind of before before you actually get to speak with me in my program, you actually have to go through like a 300 hour course that I put together. So we're on the same page. I'll look and see exactly the history, you know, what links, what videos, what modules are they, you know, in that way I can pre-frame and set up, you know, different meetings. And I can tell months into it, these people haven't done dog shit. And I'm like, oh my God, sometimes you'll just get people that just won't apply any of the stuff that you teach. And that's just, you know, 
and things come up, life happens and shit happens and people get side blocked and all that kind of stuff. But sometimes people are in their own way. And I honestly feel like that. I mean, you know, as much as I do, being a coach, like dealing with that and trying to get a client to believe and, and stay focused is part of being a coach. And that right there is a full job because you're you're more like a like a damn psychologist, mm. like talking these people off of a cliff, babysitting them in a way, uh, or at least, you know, for me, sometimes I feel like I want it more than they want it. Yeah. Like they say that they want to 10X their business, but yet I'm sitting there you know, following up like, like I'm their babysitter or something. And I'm like, come on guys, like, this is what you invested in. This is what you agreed to do. You're not doing the work. It's like, you just want to be a part of an elite group just to be a part of it. Mm. Sometimes you'll just get that. I didn't listen to your question. Go ahead, repeat your question. I'm just kind of going off on a tangent. I'm, I'm definitely sometimes more excited for my clients getting results than they are. And I think it's because because honestly, I, I I can see the matrix. Like I see yeah. the potential. I see the juice, as I call it, from doing that. And that's because I'm driven that way. And some people are just not. But for me, it's the ones who who say they want something and then don't do it and then complain. That's what gets me. The ones who, who who don't go you know, to the next, next level, that's fine. Like some people are happy. I've got clients that I'm like, come on, let's push it. Let's push it. I can do, we can do more. I can do more. And they're like, James, I'm happy. And I'm like, okay, cool. But it's the ones who don't apply and then complain that, that really get, get me going. I think I could talk about that all day. I think most people are, are in their own way because they're trying to make connections and judgments and apply strategies from their current mindset currently where they are. You can't possibly build a million dollar business with what you believe right now. Because unless you've made a million dollars, how would you know how to make a million dollars? You see what I'm saying? So people are making these decisions like, I want to build this million dollar business. I'm trying to figure it out from a six-figure mindset or a five-figure mindset because I've never done it. And they're trying to use this brain or this belief system to get them there. And so something that that I picked up from, I think it was a Tony Robbins program, was when I, and this is what I did with myself, it was like, if I want to be worth whatever millions of dollars or have whatever or be whatever, I needed to look at what does that version of James believe? What does he believe? What, is, what does he see? What's he doing every single day? And then once I understood that, I then just did that. Not thinking from this version. Like if I want to be super fit and healthy uh, and I'm not, don't do what this James is doing, because this James is doing stuff that's not going to help him get there. What would James, who's super fit and healthy, be doing? He'd be going to the gym, he'd be eating healthy, he'd be doing this, he'd be doing that. I'm going to do that instead. And I think a lot of people don't realize that you have to not become a different person, but I think become a, a different version of yourself. Scrape the rust and crap off, polish the car a bit to be that thing. It doesn't just happen. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because yeah. you can give, again, you can give someone a roadmap and they're, they're not going to follow it. My clients, they, they see patients, they're, they're chiropractors, they're dentists, they're massage therapists, they're working with patients. And they all tend to believe that the quality of the results they get for a client come from the quality of the treatment they do, i.e. the information they give them. And you and I both know, and I tell them this uh, every single day, is that it's not 
how good you are at offering treatment. It's not how good you are at applying the information and giving them stuff and how much you give them. It's about how well you can get that patient, that client to implement on the stuff that you're giving them. They always try and give them so much stuff as if more stuff, better quality stuff is what's going to help their clients get results. And I keep saying that really it's just about the fundamentals and getting them to actually go and do it. Like if you're going to tell me to, to, to get fit and strong, you can give me all these fancy programs, but if I don't go to the gym consistently enough, I'm never going to get there. It doesn't matter what exercise, what fancy machines and supplements you give me. It's like, if I'm not actually doing anything, then I'm never going to get a result. And so I spend all day helping my clients to realize that it's the coaching, the accountability that you give your clients that helps them to get those results, not the information. And that's difficult for health professionals because we want to think, well, if I do a better chiropractic adjustment or place my needles better as an acupuncturist or whatever, a better nutrition plan, that's going to get them a result. But it's definitely the coaching, the accountability, the communication you have with your clients, your ability to understand what's holding them back and influence them to overcome that, challenge their beliefs, that's the stuff that gets them results. And it ties back into, you know, however you're thinking about the world right now from this perspective is never going to get you to that new place because that new place requires a new perspective, a perspective that you don't currently have, otherwise you'd already be there because either you're not applying the right strategy or you're applying the right strategy the wrong way. And that takes a shift of consciousness, I think. That's why people like us having mentors is so important. Being surrounded by the right people is so important. We could talk about this for hours and, and I don't want to take up too much of your time. It's been amazing having you on the show. Where is somewhere that people can connect with you online and find out more about what you do and, and start getting into your world? You go to my Instagram, you'll get pixeled and you'll get to see hundreds of ads. <laughs> <laughs> That's the easiest way uh, would be IG. That's really the only platform that I'm actively really on. I don't really run my Facebook stuff. My team, you'll probably get like a bot or a chat or something that I'd never ever see. Uh, but Instagram, I'm I'm typically on there, at least following a lot of the stuff that I want to see too. So everything that I'm watching, obviously, you know, the power of influence. I want to make sure that I'm seeing, you know, stuff that's also positive attribution and and things that are, you know, keeping me focused to where everything's extremely positive. So I always tell people, you know, make sure the people that you're following, make sure it's filtered. Oh, it's yeah. Filtered. Some, somebody had on the show, they said, you know, we have a passcode on our phone, but we don't have a passcode on our head. Like we don't let anyone into our phone, but we'll let anybody into our head. And it's as simple as that, who you follow on Instagram or Facebook, uh, because then you would just see crap. And because these the way these algorithms work and these platforms, they want to show you more of the stuff you interact with and the stuff that pisses you off, the negative stuff is the stuff that you click and read and scroll. You're going to see more of it. So choose who you follow. Uh, and if that means no one for right now, then that's fine until you find some better mentors, but hundred percent couldn't agree more. Yeah, I agree. Uh, it's kind of like the people that you're friends with your, your five closest friends will have a big impact. I think today, the stuff that you're following on social media, where whether it's LinkedIn or one of the social platforms will have just as big of an impact on you, on your mental because your mental health is more important than your physical health. Mm. So, Success is a game. And I think the sooner we realize that, that it is a game and that the real game is your own headspace, the more people will have success in whatever areas of the life that they want. You know, when, you, when your spouse does something you know, or says something and you get upset, that changes 
your actions and your behaviors with them it affects your relationship and was it what they said or is it how you took it or was it maybe they were you know you said i love you and give me a hug and they said i can't go away because they're at work or maybe they're going through some stuff like it, it applies to everything it applies to everything dude i think that it's so important to to really look at the information that you're letting in look at how you're thinking about it as well and and i like to live by challenging the beliefs that i have because uh, beliefs are just thoughts that you stop thinking about and i think that too many of us set ourselves up for failure because we have these beliefs that were just set in stone and we don't challenge them and we don't restrict the information coming to our head and it's interesting real interesting i'm gonna go follow and check out who you're following and um get some of what you're on man this is so good i appreciate you thank you so much your time's been incredible there's been so much value shared thank you so much for coming on thanks for having me thank you for listening to the show if you like the episode please hit subscribe and leave us a review I'd really appreciate it as it helps us get our episodes out to more people just like you who want to know how to increase their revenue, impact more people and build businesses that work for the lifestyle they want. Now, I know your time is valuable and I know that you are here to learn the secrets to success in your health business. So I have something special for you just for checking out the episode. Now, if you're a health professional, coach or trainer in business, and you're serious about growing a profitable, impactful business, then pay attention because as a listener of the show, I want you to win. And so I've created a host of resources available exclusively for listeners of the show. So if you're tired of trying to figure out this game of business, marketing, and sales all on your own, and you're ready to just implement what's already proven to work rather than reinventing the wheel, I want you right now to go and check out healthcarebusinesssecrets.com forward slash insider. That's healthcarebusinesssecrets.com forward slash insider. And there you'll find over $5,000 worth of trainings, resources, and coaching available only for listeners of the show. Again, that's healthcarebusinesssecrets.com forward slash insider. There I'll give you resources on everything from how to acquire 10 times more of your ideal clients using social media and paid ads, even referrals, how to increase your client conversion into packages at an 80 to 90% conversion rate like me, how to retain your clients for longer, getting them better results and making them happier, how to increase your prices and charge a premium to work with you and how you can build a six, multi-six, even seven-figure practice just like I did but with a 10th of the time and a 10th of the effort. What I want you to realize is that everything I teach comes from exactly what I did to have success and still have success in my own health business. And I want to share that with you so you can have success too. So go check out healthcarebusinesssecrets.com forward slash insider right now and let me help you win big in your health business. Also remember to subscribe for two episodes every week full of the secrets to have success in your health business as well as leave us a review so we know what you thought of the show. And I'll see you on the next episode.